Welcome back to Blue Milk Drop, a Star Wars podcast where we'll be covering everything about the franchise that we all love. My name is Nate, and I'm always joined by my good friend Brecker. How you doing, man? I can bring you warm, or I can bring you in cold. I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. <laughs> Got that Mando attitude today. Yeah. Uh, God, before we start talking about the show, I just want to plug our social media real quick because I'm always really bad about this. So go ahead, follow us at Blue Milk Drop on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. TikTok and YouTube, we're not really super active on it right now, but if you want to get it going, get that audience built up, that'd be fantastic. Um, also, if you guys want to just like DM us and stuff, we're pretty active on there. So go ahead and shoot us a, a message and feel free to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the things. Uh, it would be a huge support for us, and we'd really appreciate it. But anyways, on today's show, we'll be geeking over Season 1, Chapter 5 of The Book of Boba Fett. Whew. Brucker. What, was this an episode of Boba Fett, though? Was it? <laughs> it didn't feel like it. Felt like uh, something completely different, something we all were not expecting, and I'm totally here for it. That's it. I mean, I'm here for it. This was a terrific episode. I mean, there was... Mm-hmm. I mean, visually, this was a gorgeous, just like piece of you know, film, cinema, TV show, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was one of the most beautiful like things shot for Star Wars. I think this was a gorgeous episode. Yeah, and I they really went all out. <laughs> and just a funny note, I've realized why that little like chase scene on like what episode two of this season looked so bad it's because they put all their money into this episode because they went all out (laughs) yeah i mean like it was such a difference wasn't it like between some like the cgi and visual stuff we'd gotten in like the first few episodes and this because this look this was great Mm -hmm. it's like just keep shooting these shows in the volume because i'm assuming that's where they shot it because it was basically an episode of mando but hey you know what do your thing still enjoying the show but let's uh, let's get into it. So here's how this show is going to go today. So we're going to go over the show details, as always, initial reactions, which we kind of spoiled a little bit for you. Uh, things that stood out slash bold predictions with a special feature of humble bragging. Uh, we're going to tr- maybe try to freestyle and predict the next episode, uh, give our Death Star rating, and then we're going to close out the show. So let's get started with some episode details. This one is titled Return of the Mandalorian. The official release date was January 26th, 2022, with an official runtime of about 50 minutes. This one, again, was written solely by John Favreau and directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Please give us more of her episodes because she is doing her thing. Take and a bow. Seriously, take a bow. Uh, this one is produced by John Favreau, Dave Filoni, Kathleen Kennedy, and Robert Rodriguez. It stars not Tamara Morrison, which is so weird, but we did get Pedro Pascal. Emily Swallow, John Favreau, Amy Sedaris, Paul Sunyoung Lee, Max Lloyd Jones, excuse me, Max Lloyd Jones, and Ming Na Wen. It was star studded with a lot of like Easter egg type people. I feel like, and it was mm-hmm. fantastic. So just to just to bring you back into to what this episode was about, I'm give you a little episode summary. So spoiler warning, but in this love letter to Star Wars: The Phantom Menace. We get a palate cleanse with an episode of The Mandalorian instead of our usual broadcast, The Book of Boba Fett. 
We follow Mando after the conclusion of season two's events, where he is looking for the remnants of his hidden Mandalorian clan. During this encounter with the two remaining clan, man- clan mates, we learn the history of Mandalore, the role of the Darksaber in Mandalorian history, and bear witness to presumably the first challenge to Din Djarin's Darksaber. A man without a ship, Mando makes his way back to Tatooine, where the Phantom Menace love letter begins. An N1 starfighter, callbacks to pod racing through Beggar's Canyon, and even some nods to prequel era Easter eggs, Mando, Mando finds himself face to face with Fennec Shand, who makes a proposition. Brucker initial reactions. <laughs> well written. Holy crap. Thank dude. you. Thank you. I, I feel like this one needed to be a little bit more poetic just with this episode that we just got. It was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Brucker, tell me all about it. Tell me just brain dump on me. I mean, this was so good. I mean, I love how you kept saying that this was a love letter to the Phantom Menace. And I, I totally get that. And that was one of like the biggest points I had was that this felt like a such a cool like recycling of things. But like mm-hmm. in all the best ways. And do you remember when we were talking about Chapter 3, which had the, the Power Ranger uh, biker gang and the Vespas yeah. and everything? And I kind of talked about how like this might have been like a subtle nod to George Lucas because of how much of like of a car guy he is and how much he loves tinkering with things. This mm-hmm. felt like that too, but in like a greater way because, and something I was thinking about was because George Lucas is a car guy, like uh, American Graffiti, great movie with hot rods and things like that. And um, I feel like all like the Star Wars movies that he directed was a reflection of him and like his own struggles and interests and things like that. And this felt like a cool nod and like, thank you, George, like in a way, because, you know, we get some like tinkering um, and we're also are literally taking like a Nabooian, like N1 starfighter, something from the Phantom Menace, which is part of a movie that a lot of people crapped on. But John Favreau is taking something that George made and literally recycling it with a fan favorite character of Din Djarin and bringing it into something cool. And it's like a cool way to bridge all like these eras of star Wars. And just to kind of remind people like, Hey, like all this is good. And it came from like a cool place. And like George is a tinkerer. Let's tinker with the stuff that he was literally tinker and play with the stuff that he gave us and have fun with it. And that's like what this was. It I just, I thought that was so cool. I love the way you word things, man, because that was that <laughs> couldn't have been said better by literally anybody else. And I 1000 percent agree. It was like it it felt like like John Favreau, Favreau was trying to do justice to the coolest elements of the Phantom Menace mm-hmm. by giving them justice, giving them justice with the Mandalorian, something everybody loves, just like what you said and bringing it back into full scope like this is do you remember these things like i know you hate the other stuff but like do you remember this this was cool and we're like yes this was cool and this was beautiful and they made it look like a hot rod too like it was yeah. like an engine sticking out and it was just like mm-hmm. full and throttle the the undoing of the paint job was so cool too he's mm-hmm. just like i'm gonna get rid of all this yellow but leave a little bit of it yeah <laughs> god this was this was so cool i love this episode but mm-hmm. i guess like let's start off where this episode begins when he goes into the back of that bantha butcher shop something mm-hmm. i never thought i would ever see 
no. before. This was so cool. This was yeah. so cool. And like right off the bat, it's it's really cool to see that Mando still like has his edge and like mm-hmm. is just a fighter. And he even like decapitates the Clutunian and everything. Like this was, oh god, just what a, what a way to kick off the episode, <laughs> dude. It was crazy because I feel like we all were starting to think Mando was a little soft. I'm not gonna lie because he's taking care of Grogu, this little child, and he's got to be like a dad, father figure to this thing. And we're not really seeing the most dangerous parts of him. Like when he split, when he cut that dude in half, I was just like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Because I completely forgot, like, in the very first episode of Mando, like, he lets a door cut a man in half. Oh, that's and I forgot, right. I forgot that's the kind of guy that he is. Like, I will cut you in half. You will, I will kill you. I am a bounty hunter, dude. Yeah. Like, don't play with me. Because this whole time we've just been seeing him play defense, you know, mm-hmm. protecting this kid. And now we've seen him on the offense. And I was like, oh, yeah, he actually is a dangerous person. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? And it was just so cool. Because, like, you remember how, like, we've kind of talked about before how the Mandalorian kind of feels like a video game in a way. Mm-hmm. And this was really cool that like, we kind of get to see where this character was like at the last checkpoint and he has new weapons. Like he has that Baskar spear and he even like whips out the uh, dark saber and everything. It was just like, Oh, this is the upgraded character. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was so cool. Yeah. It's like, it's like you play the video game and you unlock all of your achievements and you get all the little attachments that you want and then you play the game over again. Like oh, from the start, yes. just fully loaded, like I'm about to wreck some stuff. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Like there's not yeah. a big boss here. Like let's go. No, I can handle everything. I've been through it. Mm-hmm. So. I also, like, because I talked about visually how pretty this episode is. I really loved like all like the blues, like all these like cool colors that we're getting in this because it's mm-hmm. such a contrast like you know we'll be getting like with Tatooine like all like these like flats like tans and browns and everything and Mm -hmm. this was like a very cool way and also like it felt like a good like reflection too because it's like very sharp kind of like colors and everything and you know Mando's Mm -hmm. like a sharp person and character so this was just this was just so cool yeah I kept getting drawn to like the void of space and I thought that was like the most interesting part of this because it was just like I don't know. It just felt there. It felt like you step off that platform and you're just stuck into like a world of nothingness. And there was like some instances where like that was a potential reality. Like you could have fallen off the platform and you were just gone. And it it was just beautiful. And it looked a lot like, see, I don't know if you've seen, uh, I don't know if you've seen, of course you've seen it. You'd like the behind the scenes things where they have like the matte paintings Mm -hmm. of like the death star and they like shoot it but they leave some windows blank. So like for things to like move in the background, does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. That felt like this when they're showing like this ring city and it felt like a matte painting where, or it honestly just felt like a real thing that they just shot up close and it just looked fantastic. It looked like a real city. There was hustle and bustle in it and just plastered up against the void of space. I was like, Oh man, this looks like beautiful but also like terrifying in some way yes and this is what i was talking about this is why i was kind of hoping that we would be able to do some like planet hopping or something throughout this show because there's so many cool things like environments just to see in star wars and this was reminding me a lot of halo like you know like the literal halos yes. from, from from the video game i was like oh yeah. that's like kind of cool and i i don't know if this is like a space station or just like a habitat ring or whatever have you ever seen these in the comics or anything no 
this is the first time I've seen this place. Whoa. Like I, I couldn't find anything on it and I like it. This this whole episode I feel like either explained itself or just gave us completely new things to talk about. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I like that. It's so good. And I love how you described that just like you know, the background is just the vastness of space. And I even mm-hmm. wrote that down too, yeah, because that was just I'm going to keep saying this all episode. It was just so cool. Like this, this was just <laughs> a rad episode. Um, yeah. Uh, something that did stick out to me before we get to the um, uh, the other Mandalorians and the kind of like the training montage stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really wasn't a montage, but anyways, when again, just going back to like the direction of this episode, we get a really, really, really rad one take or one shot in this when so. When Mando has the Clutunian's head and he gets in the oh. elevator, and we literally follow him, we don't cut the whole time. We watch him walk out of the elevator. He goes into that little like boss den to collect his bounty, and the camera just circles around the whole room. And then by the time it gets to the end of the room, he's already done this conversation, and we follow him back to the elevator, go back down, and then back out, and then we cut. Like it was such a it was just a, such a hard flex. It was like, wow, we really didn't need that in this, but this is this is why you get awesome directors with stuff like this. Like it, mm-hmm. stuff like that sticks out. I didn't even think about that. That was a really cool scene. I was just so distracted by like the start of that scene. Whenever he's in the elevator with that guy, and the guy's like checking him out. It's a funny joke. Yeah. And then Mando <laughs> looks over the guy, like looks straight, like, nope, sorry, <laughs> I don't want any trouble. And then the fact that he literally threw a head of a man on the table. And I was just like, damn, this guy is crazy. This dude is not joking around. It, I love the line that he leaves out with. Was, you probably want to put that on ice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, God. this was this was a cool little spaceport thing that we were in. Because mm-hmm. I love with with like the one shot of just how like the camera rotates. Because you get to see just like how active it is in the background. And like there's it just feels like a lived in space and everything. Mhm. Mhm. Oh, man, I yeah. knew we'd just be gushing. I was worried we, too. I, I mean, was like, yeah, we're is... just gonna we're just gonna sit here and gush. That's it. We're not we're nothing to say. Just like, wow, this was a great episode. Yeah. And I just my biggest thing, I was just like, man, how is the best episode of the Book of Boba Fett a freaking Mandalorian episode? Like, how is this man gonna get like outshined in his own show? But I know the the disrespect. I, I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even in it, but okay okay uh dude i i do want to talk about like that little encounter with uh the mandalorians because i kind of like that they just explained everything for us and showed us like the siege of mandalore that's the, the first of time a thousand tears it looked yes, so good that was crazy it looked like world war ii footage in star wars form you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it was um i just like how they explained everything for it like i have nothing to say to that like they even showed us it which they we've never seen it before it's only been mentioned in like three different shows so it's about time and they did it justice it was beautiful and um i have a quick humble brag to do real quick (laughs) so this isn't it's nothing i said or predicted on this show so it's not a humble brag so (laughs) no it is it technically for us for me it's a humble brag because it was from whenever we were doing film on the rocks and we were doing the mando episodes Uh, whenever we got the name of like the big guy, you know, the big Mandalorian, his name was Paz Vizsla. And I was like, Ooh, I bet you this guy's going to be like some sort of antagonist at some point, which he was in this episode, but like not to the full extent I initially thought, but called it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, you, you yeah. did. And it's interesting about like how like this conflict between all of them and everything. And mm-hmm. um, it, it, it kind of, I feel bad for Din Djarin that he's kind of already getting cast out by them. Mm-hmm. I did think that was like a good opportunity to um, put a little bit more emotion in that scene because like we see Mando, like that Creed is his life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And he's just been excommunicated in a way like i know they did tell him like a way for him to like redeem himself which they kind of is impossible is impossible but question mark is it really it was making me think back to season two when he met with bo katan and Mm. wasn't she kind of telling him about like the creed is like for like the the crazy ones you know those (laughs) they're like yes yeah that was like more of a cult thing you know and it felt like more like season two is about him learning that like he doesn't need to adhere to these strict older like religious things that like his he can make his own family, his own clan and things like that. And mm-hmm. so it was interesting to see that he's still struggling with that concept here with this. And this was kind of maybe a little bit more of like for the audience of like why it would be good for him to adapt a little bit more and break away from the creed slightly. I, I think he will. And I, I almost feel like there was something that happened in between this and season two, like in terms of how he views himself as a Mandalorian, because they literally just told him you're no longer a Mandalorian because you took off your helmet. And then he goes to get on like the the shuttle and the guy's telling him, you got to take off all your weapons. He's like, well, I'm a Mandalorian. This is my religion. So it's just like he oh. was just told he wasn't one. And then he goes and says he is one. So I'm like, okay, so this guy clearly has his own like worldview now in terms of who he is. Um, mm. That's a good identity point. Wise, yeah, because yeah, we see that he thing. like no, that's a really good point because like after being told he's not, we literally have a scene where he affirms or confirms that he still is, no matter what yeah. they say. Yeah, which was still a funny so. scene. That this was a good joke. <laughs> I, I thought that this <laughs> was like, like and this is like the Star Wars type of humor I like. You know, like this was good. Mm-hmm. It was nice. It was gonna make me just so frustrated if they were gonna steal his dark saber or something i'm like no we just got that please don't take so that away from us anxious that he wasn't going yeah. to get his weapons back i was so Dude, anxious i didn't even oh the whole time he's on that thing i'm like who is gonna screw this thing up like we just got it we don't need to go through this again it all worked it was all beautiful i love that little kid on the uh just staring at him the little rodian kid he was so cute and he looked like grogu with his big old eyes and then He's got the little, the little chainmail yes. that, oh my god, <laughs> the girl made for him. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to picture him in that the whole time. I'm like, how freaking cute, little Jedi Grogu, sitting in his little knight in shining armor chainmail of Beskar. Oh, it's so good, and like the the little like napkin that it's in even looks like his head looks like him i was like oh man it's gonna be a good christmas (laughs) it's gonna be a good christmas i was wondering if because i completely missed the first time that it was like chain meal that she was making and Mm -hmm. i was speculating what it could be and i i literally thought that he just got her to make like a little beskar ball because remember like Mm. that ball from the razor crest that he liked to play with yeah. Uh, so I wonder if he was just like getting him like another like I was like he's literally getting him a toy to play with, mm-hmm. uh, but that makes way more sense that it's actually armor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you thought he's. It's okay. We're all there. Uh, <laughs> man, I do. Is there anything we want to talk about? Like, I ugh, God. I mean, so you know, like we get to Tatooine, and this is like things are interesting with um the like the this 
body shop owner. I don't know her name. I, I forget it right now. Uh, Pelimoto. Thank you, Pelimoto. So this was all really fun. Again, you know, I kind of talked about how cool it is to see recycling of an N1 Starfighter. I, mm-hmm. Although I do question the practicality of that for a bounty hunter because it looks like he can't really carry many, you know, large bodies in it for mm-hmm. bounties. So I wonder if, like, this is just, like, a stepping stone towards, like, a bigger ship he'll get. Or maybe he'll even get, like, a bigger, like, cruiser to where he even dock this within it and just use that to go do, like, dogfights or stuff like that. So I wonder if we're going to get, like, a bigger ship in this third season of of Mando. Ooh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Because it's, like, go ahead. No. I'm sure that. I was just, <laughs> oh my god! No, you hang up. Um, no, <laughs> no, it because it kind of felt like that this was good for his specific mission that he's going on right now. Because he said that at the end of this episode that he has to go first see, uh, go visit his little friend, and it felt like that. Like he didn't like right now. He's pausing on bounties. He's got to go do something personal, but then once he gets back into bounties and maybe be able to flip this or get something that's more practical for his profession. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seemed like that little like um, bubble droid mm-hmm. port that where, he like astromech normally him. goes. Yeah, I feel like that's probably where like the bad guys would go. They'd just be sitting in there all cramped up, and that'd be like a funny joke. But who knows? <laughs> I was I bet, just speculating. I bet you're happy I cut off your head now. <laughs> <laughs> got all that free space in the bubble would you rather be cold <laughs> i could slice you i could dice you <laughs> make my day punk uh, <laughs> i don't know hold on i do want to go back real quick i totally yes. forgot to talk about um the actual like how he handled the dark saber and i think this is this reminded me of something that you told me actually and i think that you learned this from like the behind the scenes stuff with george lucas but it was like the intention that of the lightsaber duels in the original trilogy. The intention was that the lightsabers were supposed to be like heavy, like a broadsword, uh, and like with very like knight-like methodical movements. And then obviously like the prequels completely threw that out the window with like <laughs> just <laughs> completely acrobatic stunts and stuff. Mm-hmm. But this felt like a callback to that in and of itself um, with how it's like it gets heavier, like the more you use it and it's like, I don't even know it, it. For example, I, I'm comparing this to to something I know. So, like with the knight battles in um, Game of Thrones, whenever like one of these characters was like learning how to fight with the sword, she was commenting like it's heavy and it's hot. How do I move it? And like that was the whole talk before. It's like you got to like move with it. You can't fight it. You just got to be like one with your sword. And I feel like that's where he was kind of getting. And he just mm. looks so clunky using it. He like burned himself and everything, but. It was cool. And I just want to give a little shout out to you. He did look like he was even struggling with it uh, in, in the opening scene. Yeah. And, and you're right about that. Yeah, uh, Lucas said that these are supposed to be like Excaliburs, like how he described them, like a you know, very heavy thing. And uh, there's a very funny video of Mark Hamill talking about that because he's because he described what how George explained it to him. And then when he watched the Phantom Menace, he's like, what the hell? They get to like they didn't have to like <laughs> fake pretending it was heavy. Oh, man. <laughs> He's like, lame. Tomato, tomato, tomato. Mm-hmm. Anyways. But um, it was okay. cool that... Oh, I'm sorry. But it was cool seeing the little training scene with him and the armorer. And because of her 
telling him, you know, like what to do. And she's like doing like this mantra throughout it. Do you know what that was? No, I have no idea. It was just, yeah. It was just cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to stop saying that. No, I know. I know. I did like um, how cool it was whenever Mando had, in his little confrontation with, with Paz Vizla, where they both took off their jetpacks. And I was just like, damn, dude, stakes are high right now. Like, also, These guys like, could die. They maybe we shouldn't do this because, you know, there's only three of you left. Maybe we should just, I don't know, talk about this or just, let's just arm wrestle. Let's go, let's go get hammered. <laughs> go do some arm wrestling. <laughs> let's go get hammered. Um, I don't know. Or race. Let's have a nice race. Mm-hmm. Like, you really want to do this now, bro? Like, for real? But anyways, sorry for bringing us back. I know we were we were just on Tatooine. We were just talking about or mm-hmm. Starfighter. I was not expecting to have so much fun putting a Starfighter together. Yeah. Did you? I thought I thought it was cool. I didn't even care about all the jargon. Yeah, 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 me neither. This was so cool. And did you see the little Easter egg of that like long pipe thing that the Jawas brought? And it looked I was just, wondering if you caught that. I was wondering if you caught that. It looked just like the like the the staff or whatever that Han, Luke, and Leia used in the trash compactor in A New Hope to like stop the walls from closing in. That was so cool. Mm-hmm. And we got a name for it too. It was just like the most random thing. Uh, hold, on, I wrote it down. It's a busty pipe three thousand. <laughs> a cryogenic density combustion booster. <laughs> That sounds like, like that sounds correct. It checks out. That is the most Star Wars name for a rod with like different textures on it. What a random thing! It's an older code, but it checks out. But man, I love all like the the little conversations between Mando and Pelimoto, just kind of like rehashing their little friendship that they had. They're like kind of friendship, mm-hmm. and I thought it was interesting because we've all wondered what Jawas look like underneath their little hoods, and. <laughs> Furry is not one of the things I pictured because I, I don't even think I've ever noticed their hands before until she started saying it. And I'm like, oh, they look like little the little guys from Return of the Jedi, like <laughs> under there. Yeah. Oh, just, right. Yeah. Interesting. So it made me think. I'm like, are they are they them? But who knows? Interesting. Yeah, that, that was that was a funny joke. Um, Did you notice, though, that one of the droids that she had was BD from from Jedi Fallen Order? Mm-hmm. This was this was really cool, and I I am I'm, I'm questioning if that is the BD one or is just like another BD model droid. I feel like it'd probably be another BD model droid because Cal Kestis, if he doesn't have that droid anymore, that would mean he might be gone, or maybe he's there, maybe he gave it to her. Who knows? So, so I'm wondering. So uh, again, we we plugged our socials at the, at the beginning of this. So I want to say thank you to Wolf City Gaming that kind of reached out and was you know having a conversation with me about this episode on there and we were kind of speculating that this might hint that cal kestis will show up in mandalorian season three and that maybe he's with luke helping him train grogu maybe like (gasps) that would be huge right (gasps) is that the prediction that you had that you told me before the show yes like that's like like, what if this is like a little inkling of that that would be nuts because what? I'm trying. I wish I could. Like, Fall in Order, incredible game. I wish I could remember the storyline better, but I'm wondering if, like, anyway, like that, sh- how that video game ended and like what the storyline is. Because I know, like, I think Cal is like trying to rebuild, cause, like, similar to Luke, like trying to find like more Jedi and things like that. So I wonder if, like, through his 
you know, searching and everything that he came across Grogu as well. So like, like in season two, the tragedy episode where Grogu kind of like sent out a little beacon. I wonder if it's possible that like it went out to Luke and Cal Kestis. And so like now they're going to meet up um, together. And so I, I, I really hope so. And that would, I feel like that everything's on purpose too, because we also got the news this week that Jedi Fallen Order 2 is like a confirmed game in in the works so i felt like that that was purposeful that they released that this week as oh well oh my god oh my god it'll <laughs> <laughs> be would pretty be wizard it'll be pretty Dude, wizard if they did it yeah it would make complete sense because i'm sure dave filoni had to be involved in like the making of that video game right and like all the little details and stuff he's directing the next episode oh dave filoni what? is yeah what what this is gonna be crazy you just blew my mind right now just like considering all the possibilities that makes me think like what if ezra bridger is there too from rebels the jedi from rebels Ooh, dude just like oh a my full blown family reunion of jedis just okay let's put on our tinfoil hats here for a second okay so what if like because you know how like mando season two like every episode was kind of like a backdoor pilot for something like we got the like ahsoka episode be like oh there's gonna be an ahsoka show you know um so i wonder if they're going to do that here or maybe with mando season three in that we eventually find luke and he has all of these jedi like him ahsoka Ezra, Cal Kestis, maybe like a few other ones we don't know about. And we, we, we get like a little inkling of the Jedi Academy Luke is like building. And like maybe maybe that's like the backdoor pilot for like a Luke Jedi Academy show that like they're like trying to like test the waters with or something. I just gave me chills. I just got chills. I can't handle it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would, dude, dude I would flip. Because like that would be such a good parallel to the Alkalite show that's coming out the good and the bad yes oh just imagine how that would play out like you could have one episode like literally what if they played at the same time and they're both talking about like the same subject matter and you're just getting two completely different perspectives at the same time one on monday one on friday or one on wednesday one doesn't even matter and you're just like what is happening right now I, (laughs) i don't know how to feel Yes, and like it's like literally making the masses be like, "Are you dark side or light side?" And like that'll be, yeah. that'll be there's so much like potential for like the marketing for for that. Like, yeah. <sighs> oh my god. Oh. If only. If, if only. only. If only they would. My, god. The only thing standing in the way is capitalism, because it's just like, why wouldn't we want to space these things out? <laughs> the only thing standing in the way is capitalism. They have like seven other shows too. Yeah, so like just give with... us something. Give us this. That would also be a lot. That would be so much to to cover. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Holy crap! So, anyways, that's my tinfoil hat theory that what Lucasfilm is puppet mastering or palpatining trying to do with all this <laughs> everything you just said i just want to live in that moment for like the next couple hours <laughs> so i got a high right now i'm just riding this thing out so but thank you for that that was ooh, the possibilities. oh my god <sighs> the freaking possibilities let us know if y'all would be interested in that yeah hit us up on twitter and instagram at blue milk drop and just let us know if you dig that theory or if you think it's wild in, in a bad way but let us know <laughs> and if you work for lucasfilm uh Brooker and I will be happy to write those two shows for you like that coincide oh, yeah. with one another. 
we've we've written a few storyboards together in our days, so we can do this. Yeah. And I know you're listening. <laughs> Dave Filoni's just like side eyeing somewhere. He's like, "How did they know? Um, <laughs> Are they in my house? <laughs> how did you guys figure that out?" I don't even know where to go from there. That was like way too much of a high for me to even like get back to the show. But I'm gonna try because I want to talk about Mando actually flying this N1 starfighter and just so all cool. the things that we got. Like we got a rehash of the pod racing from episode one. And it was just the craziest thing. Like him flying through Beggar's Canyon, probably at like way faster speeds, just doing it just without even thinking about anything. And I'm just like, dude, this guy is a crazy good flyer. And he just mm-hmm. shoots himself right up into space, right next to like that little ramp that Anakin had just destroyed, which the debris is still there. Can we get it? Can we? Yeah, they don't. (laughs) They don't care. Can we get a cleanup crew? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, he goes into space. He's flying around, and he runs into those uh, those X wing guys. Which what a funny thing that like X wing fighters are like cops now (laughs) in the Star Wars universe. I was like, wow, how the tides have turned. My goodness. Um, Yeah. And it was like a little note I had is that any episode that has X wings in it is a good episode yes. by my book. This was cool, mm-hmm. and it uh, it just made me think like, what is this all hinting to? And was he going to be in trouble for all his like running with the Imperials, or are they trying to recruit Mando to be a part of like the New Republic cause? So, ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't. I I doubt it, just because I think like with the Razor Crest. Because I think they've had like a track record because originally they were trying to get him for the prisoner escape on like that jail ship. Mm-hmm. But I think they kind of like turned a blind eye to that for some reason. I forget. But I don't know. I, I, I doubt that the Republic would want to recruit him, even though there is that Star Wars uh, Rangers of the Republic movie or show. They got canceled, Dark- though. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. It was because that one girl was supposed to star in it, and then she did some stuff, and they canceled it. I don't even. I don't oh. even remember honestly. Yeah, I'm oh. trying to like sub <laughs> to sub light speed get away from that right now. But yeah, that's, uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't, it, it was cool. Yeah, I, I I don't know they would actually be trying to recruit him. I think that uh, I don't know. I, f- I feel like they that they are trying to like bust him. Um, it's funny. He, he kind of like, it kind of like reminds me of Cliff Booth from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's like, Johnny Law has been trying to get me forever. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't, went right over my head. I've seen the movie. I just do not recall. <laughs> but it's, it's, okay. it's, it's completely inappropriate for me to bring up the actual reference. But yeah, uh, we'll, <laughs> yes. So what all stuck out to you while we're at Tatooine or afterwards? Uh, just all the Easter eggs, all the little things that we saw. I think it was just it. Was, this was just a fun episode. It just felt like we're sitting in a workshop, just throwing around ideas, and mm-hmm. this is what this episode was. And it made me think something I, I was thinking the whole time was: Did they have like a plan A and a plan B for how this show would go through? Because I feel mm-hmm. like I don't know. This just felt so weird to have this episode happen during the book of boba fett it's like it's like we've got the book of boba fett and they just don't want to tell his story at all so they're like let's just do as much as we can and it made me think they're like keeping track of the ratings and they're like okay if the ratings are x bad at x date then we're going to put this mandalorian episode in there 
but if they're good, we're going to continue with the story in like a completely different direction. But obviously they wouldn't do that. It was just like, mm-hmm. again, a stupid tinfoil theory I had in my head, but that was it. That was all. I was just, my mind was just running the whole time, like 1000%. Yeah. Um, it was so good. I also wanted to point out one last thing, cause you know, I, I love playing battlefront and like the, the weapons and that. And I wanted to point out Pelimoto. She has, she has the Jawa scatter gun that she's using to like hunt down those little critter that's going around, which is like the star Wars shotgun. Mm. And it just like gave me like flashbacks to battlefront 2015. Cause it was always so obnoxious when people were running around <laughs> with that. Cause it's just like star Wars didn't need a shotgun in its game. And, ugh. but it was like, Oh cool. Scatter gun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did want to talk about how this episode ends. It, it seems like they were kind of there. Yeah. And he's because Fennec Shand c- tries to recruit him to help with their war with the Pikes. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't he say like, yes, but first I have to go visit a little friend. Yes. So I'm curious if he actually will be helping them with the Pikes like in this season or in this show like because i want because that sounds like so much of like a quest to go find where grogu is that i doubt he has enough time unless he just knows where he is um (laughs) but so i was just kind of curious about what your thoughts on this was um i did i had a theory surrounding that because i did think that was an interesting thing to say so let me just say first of all i think that like kind of back and forth almost all but confirmed that the Pikes are not the main big bad in this show. I'm thinking that, I mean, I said it the last time we recorded was that I don't, I didn't think Mando would be involved in like this whole encounter with the Pikes, uh, which, so it was a huge surprise for him to even be here, but it was that um, Crimson Dawn is the main big bad. So I'm thinking Boba Fett's going to deal with the Pikes in the book of Boba Fett. And this was solely just a detour. It's not going to be a spinoff show. There's not going to be a season two of Book of Boba Fett. And I think that this story is going to continue into the Mandalorian where their Mando will be involved with helping out Boba Fett because Boba Fett's only just begun with his encounter and he's just going to need a lot more backup for this one. Are you, are you following? Did that, did I say that in a way that makes sense? And, so you're predicting that mystery. like a different Mandalorian is going to come in? What oh, was that? no. Okay. In, 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 I don't know why it just complicated that whole thing. I'm thinking <laughs> that <laughs> Mando's not going to, his side quest is going to take way too long for him to come back and deal with this. So Boba Fett's going to handle the pikes with the muscle that he gets for this show, for the remaining two episodes. But at the end of the last episode, it's going to be like, the pikes weren't the bad guy. I was the bad guy. And that bad guy is Crimson Dawn, in which case Boba Fett will, or excuse me, Mando will finish his quest with Grogu and he'll come back and help Boba Fett with that new threat, that new threat of Crimson Dawn. Mm. That's my thought. And that's how gotcha. I think this is going to hold, this whole thing's going to play out. But we'll see. What yeah, do you think? we'll see. Um, I think that's a, I mean, I think that makes the most sense because I just, I just don't see how they'll be able to like fit all that in or. Like, maybe he does find Grogu very quickly, but we don't see that, and that's, like, what we see in the third season. It was, like, while he, while he was gone, before he came back here, so it would be kind of, like, a lag in time, partially, for season three, for for, for Mando. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got, really, for that, because I'm just more, like, perplexed, really, about, like, how, how that's going to fit. 
Yeah. Well, let's let's try to freestyle this thing then. Let's. So I said at the beginning of the show we're talking about maybe let's try to predict the next episode, and I think and I wanted to do this because that ending scene just threw us threw us a wrench in what we thought was going to be like a streamlined story. And I just want to see what we can come up with. So do you want to, do you want to try to like hash this out together? Or what are you thinking? I immediately have a crazy off the wall thought about how this will go. Do it. Tell me. Okay. So Mando. Uh, yeah. So Mando just found out that, you know, they're about to go to war with the Pikes and he says, he's going to go get, he's going to go talk to Grogu or meet him or whatever. Okay. What if Mando recruits Luke and Grogu to help kill off the pikes and it will be interesting for luke because he wants to defend his home planet tatooine and just like what if we get that what if that's it like we literally see grogu like in combat fighting oh fighting no pikes. hopping around like yoda in episode and that's two. why he's getting armor <laughs> and that's why like the like that the, he gets to immediately use the beskar armor that he just got to go ahead and use it for the finale in book of boba fett bro you're killing me right now <laughs> with all these because like, like could you just imagine like like the the season this is like the season finale like like they're in like a really tough battle all is lost java's palace is about to be sieged then what's that we see over the horizon through like the the twin suns we see luke's x-wing and bandos and one coming in and like that like music swells and it's just like they just like blast like the the pikes and everything and land and then Grogu with a lightsaber, Luke with a lightsaber, and then Mando with his dark saber, and they just go to freaking town on the pikes and they save the day. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> God. Oh my goodness. Hire us, Lucasfilm. Hire, Hire us. us. Okay. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about mine. That was incredible. Let's I want to end on that. That was <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so no, sorry. No, no, that was oh way better. Holy, whoo! Record. Well, you're on fire, man. What is going on with you today? Holy gosh! I got some sleep last night, <laughs> <laughs> and I took my allergy medicine. Oh my so. god! Took my... <laughs> let's just give this episode a grading real quick, and let's close out the show because that was. I just want to end on that high. Unless you what? Do you have anything more that you want to give me? Or no, I I don't I don't have any more to give. Um, I'm having done, a hard time. <laughs> I'm having a hard time with this because, like, is it a five out of five or is it like a four and a half? Like, I'm because like the last episode I gave it a four and a half, but I think that this episode was much better than the other one, which mm-hmm. the other one wasn't bad at all, but like this one was better. So I guess maybe five out of five Death Stars. I mean, this was my five out of five Death Stars. This, I mean, it earned it, right? Yeah. The blew us yeah. away. Blew every every scene. Everything blew us away. So good. I think my power ranking right now is chapter five, chapter four, chapter two, chapter one, chapter three. Same. Same. We're in sync. <laughs> We're Love there. It. Dank Ferric. Love it. Dank Ferric. All right, Brooker. Go ahead and close out the show. That was this was so much fun. This yes, felt it was. like this felt like old school school. Old school. <laughs> Mando recordings on Film on the Rocks. So this was... It send feels, us out. Send us out. This was so good. This was such a wizard episode. Thank you, everybody, for checking out this episode of Blue Milk Drop. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Milk Drop. Share us a friend. Tag us in your stories and all sorts of stuff. 
Please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify and leave us a five-star review. And also reach out to us. Let, let us know what, how you are liking the show, how are you liking Book of Boba Fett, and any fun discussion episodes that you'd like to see in the future. Again, share us with friends, and we will see you next time. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs> see you guys Bye. next time.